Well, hi, this is Billy Crone again of Get Life Ministries, and I want to thank you again for joining us for this documentary called RFID, Man's Greatest Invention or Mark of the Beast. And to answer that question, uh, last time we saw what this technology can do. And we clearly saw it not only has the ability to monitor and control all the products all over the world, but it has the ability to monitor and control all the people who buy those products all over the world. And believe it or not, folks, we're just getting started. That is the tip of the iceberg of what this technology can do. And it leads us to the second concern that I have with RFID, and that is what these corporations will do with this technology. And you see, the problem is this. The moment you try to confront the industry uh, with your concerns over this RFID technology, they come back with a series of lame excuses. And I'll use that word, and I think you'll understand in just a minute why. But they come back with these lame excuses to, as to why there's, there's nothing to fear. Uh, there, there's no need to be afraid. It, it's not nearly as bad as these alarmists are trying to make it. Really? Folks, we're going to take a look at this and, and, and those excuses they give us. And you tell me if there's nothing to be concerned about how they're going to implement this technology upon you and I. Let's take a look at those excuses now. And the first lame excuse uh, they give us is that they say people can't get that close to scan the tags. Really? Let's take a look at this. This lame excuse seems to be one of the most often repeated ones used in the industry to try to explain away our concerns over RFID. They repeatedly say that they're just using the short-range passive tags, and they say it's unrealistic to think that people are going to get scanned wherever they go because you'd have to be extremely close to them. Well, first of all, uh, yes, passive tags of those without a battery do have a shorter read range than the battery-powered active tags, as we saw earlier. Uh, but engineers are working overtime right now with much success in developing inexpensive batteries for the long-read uh, range active tags, meaning that their price is coming down fast. Therefore, since active tags are much more desirable due to their long-range reading abilities, this reduction in price can enable them to soon replace the currently inexpensive passive tag, meaning that a person no longer has to be close at all. Why? Because if you recall, some active tags have a read range, listen, of a mile or more, and some can, again, be transmitted to low-orbiting uh, satellites. Okay, But secondly, even if the industry sticks with the short-range uh, passive tags uh, with only a read range of just a few uh, inches uh, or feet, Again, they're, they're, they're making great progress on that. Uh, but uh, people get close to each other in public places all the time. And, and that would enable them to scan others at will. And let me give you some examples. For instance, people get close to each other in the grocery lines, uh, on, on the buses, or on subways, at movies, restaurants, sporting events, shopping, all over the place. And since we already have a whole group of criminals who prey on getting close to people in order to steal something that we call pickpocketers, uh, it's not hard to imagine just how this common closeness could develop a whole new breed of electronic uh, criminals. Today we have pickpocket, uh, maybe we'll have scan pocketers. And folks, believe it or not, that's already happened. Uh, in fact, it's happening all over the United States. There's a huge concern about it. Uh, there's people that are buying their own readers and they're scanning people as they're walking by. Check it out for yourself. 
But let's continue on. Uh, but uh, finally, even if the industry sticks to the short-range uh, passive tags, not all passive tags have a small read range. Uh, as we saw uh, earlier, they can range from, yes, a few inches, but also upwards to 30 feet or more, giving people plenty of room to scan them from a distance. Okay, So that's a serious lame excuse. But that's not all. The second lame excuse they give us is, hey, listen, don't worry about it. People aren't going to get their own personal scanners, okay? Well, let's put that to the test. Another common reply is they say, well, listen, scanners, readers, they're just too expensive, okay? And therefore, only companies and businesses will be using them. So there's no need to fear being scanned in public by the average Joe for invasive purposes because scanners aren't going to be that commonplace. Well, first of all, yes, while some scanners are still quite expensive, the prices for scanners, just like the prices for RFID tags themselves, are dropping fast as the technology continues to take hold. Secondly, companies have already produced low-cost RFID readers for the average person. For instance, you can buy a computer program called RF Dump, which allows anyone to read and reprogram the data on an RFID tag. It was developed by this guy, Lucas Grunewald, who said that consumers could use his program to detect RFID tags and protect themselves. Sounds great, but the only problem is that, as Lucas admitted, it also means that other people could use it for criminal purposes as well. But that's not all. You can also get a PC card that turns mobile computing devices into an RFID scanner that sends the information to any Windows-based application. Just like with the RF dump program, these scanners also have the ability to read and encode RFID tags. In fact, a hospital in Pittsburgh has already been using the devices to enable their nurses to scan a patient RFID tags for identification and for the administration of medicine. Gee, I wonder if they scan uh, the patient's right hand. But let's continue on. Even if, uh, not only that, even cell phone providers are getting in on the action. For instance, Nokia has developed an RFID phone reader that enables you to scan RFID tags remotely and transmit the data via your cell phone. Which, by the way, one of the envisioned purposes is to use the phone to scan people as well, uh, as well as their belongings, as they walk by on the street. In fact, it appears that many in the industry further envision a time when cell phones coupled with this kind of technology will become a kind of universal remote control as is seen and admitted in this next video clip. Let's take a look. Imagine using your cell phone to buy a can of cola from a vending machine without making a call or using a mobile communications network. In a project called Bluetooth Mobile Service Link, Accenture has explored just such a scenario. When someone nears a vending machine, it senses the phone's unique ID and pushes a menu to the screen. If the person's thirsty, he can simply choose from a list of drinks. Since the vending machine is connected to the internet, the purchase can be charged directly to an account with a third-party payment provider, such as QPass, which is then consolidated into a monthly bill. Now imagine having the same convenience when shopping for groceries or paying a fee at a parking lot. This is all possible as Bluetooth becomes widely available. Uh, cell phones will turn into universal remote And folks, believe it or not, a universal remote control is just the beginning. Uh, they're also using the cell phone with the RFID technology, once again, to make financial transactions with it as well. Again, to buy and sell, just like the Bible says.
but let's continue on. But even if a cell phone is just still way too bulky for you, you can also get a bracelet that acts as an RFID reader. Researchers from MIT have developed a hands-free, eyes-free system that allows people to find out information about RFID objects. The system is called Reach Media, and it consists of a bracelet that reads RFID tags in the objects a person is holding. It also uses a cell phone to connect the, to the internet and play sounds when objects are recognized as well as provide audio information about the object in hand. And finally, for those of you who have a lot to scan in a short amount of time, that's right, another company from South Africa came out with what's called the RFID Radar. And believe it or not, this reader has the ability to scan a whole area, just like a radar, and detect both active and passive RFID tags simultaneously. And because it acts like a radar, this device can scan both kinds of tags from a whole crowd of people, allowing them to quickly locate objects uh, quickly and accurately. And what makes this reader doubly unique is that, as we saw earlier in previous readers, the read range of passive tags can be as low as a few inches up to uh, all the way up to 30 feet. But this device can scan current passive tags over tens of feet and will soon reach well over the 300 foot range for not active, but passive tags. And by the way, their goal is to have the cost of this RFID radar readers as low as one hundred dollars so that means yes the average joe can get his hand very inexpensively on one of these readers and not just scan individuals and not have to be inches or even a few feet away he literally will have the ability as a radar sweeps a whole area sweep a crowd of people folks they're lying to us it's a lame excuse but that's not all the third lame excuse they give us is they say hey listen we're going to have the information encrypted okay and this is another popular comeback uh, they use to try to calm our fears and they say basically okay 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 so even if a person can scan another person don't worry okay it's not going to do any good for them the information on the rfid tag is going to be encrypted all to ensure your privacy really well first of all since rfid is a radio frequency device then it follows that its radio frequency could be disrupted just like any other radio wave signal in fact it's already happened. One example is an Air Force base in Florida. They began testing its new mobile radio system. And the only problem was that in doing so, they accidentally jammed the garage doors in several communities operating on the same radio frequency. And as a result, the homeowners living near the airbase found themselves locked out and inconvenienced and, and, of course, puzzled when suddenly the garage door openers went haywire, forcing them to manually open them up until the situation was resolved. And so it is with RFID tags. They, too, can be disruptive as well as have their encryption broken. And this was demonstrated by a team of graduate students at John Hopkins University when they successfully cracked the encryption code used on RFID enabled car keys that are supposed to only allow the person with the RFID key to start their car. However, the student said, quote, all that would be required to steal a car is a moment next to the car owner to extract data from the key, a bit of computing, and a few minutes to break in and feed the key code to the car and hotwire. That's it. And by the way, this is the same RFID system that's being used by Ford, Nissan, Toyota, and others in millions of their vehicles. And the John Hopkins researchers say that if other radio frequency ID systems are just as vulnerable as this, quote, then the new field could offer far less security than its proponents promise. 
So there's no way, folks, that this stuff is secure. They know it, but they're still pushing it on you and I. That's a lame excuse. But that's not all. The fourth lame excuse is they say, well, I'll tell you what. What we're going to do is we're just going to disarm the tax. How about that? Will you calm down now? Folks, probably one of the biggest comebacks they, they give is this next one to Qualmore Fears. And they say, hey, listen, don't worry then. Okay, fine. If you're worried about it, they're going to get scanned or they're going to hack into the uh, encryption code. Uh, we'll just disarm the tags after you purchase. You won't have to worry about it. But folks, based on their current suspicious behavior, you and I really need to wonder if they really would turn the tag off. In fact, it appears that in many cases they're not, as can be seen in this next video clip. Let's take a look. What about the idea that, that people can have the, the tags neutralized on the way out of the store if they choose? Um, as far as turning off the tags, the concern that we have is that already these items, items equipped with these devices are being sold in stores today. Uh, there have been numerous trials around the country and indeed around the world where without consumers' knowledge, they have picked up items equipped with these tags, which we call spy tags, and have actually been surveilled through hidden cameras in the stores, uh, tracked as they moved around with these items, photographed as they picked the items up, and then took the items home live without the tags being killed. So our concern here is that there, to our knowledge, there have been no trials of, of all of the many items that have been sold with RFID where the tags have actually been turned off at the point of checkout. So while it makes a nice story, it's not happening in reality. The other thing we're concerned about is that consumers are not being told when they're interacting with this technology that has a very serious risk for their privacy. There have been no labels on these trials. People are taking home things like Huggies Baby Wipes, Pantene Shampoo, Gillette Razor Blades, uh, Caress Soap. There's a whole variety of different products that have been equipped with these tags that people are buying and taking home and they have really no way of knowing that they are tagged. What Benetton, the Italian clothing manufacturer, had proposed in March, which was they were actually going to be embedding these tags into the actual sewn-in label of women's clothing. Uh, that particular line was a line of women's underwear, so they would be walking around with tracking devices sewn into their, their bra. Um, you know, that, that obviously is a terrible... Terrible idea is the tip of the iceberg. Folks, that means these people are actually doing this. They're actually leaving the tags on. But let's continue. As you can see, based on the current behavior in industry, I personally am having a hard time believing they're really going to turn the tags off. But even if they do, this still doesn't address the fact that even if they did kill the tags after the point of purchase, they admittedly use the tags to track us while we're in the store without our consent. And believe it or not, one of the stated purposes of using RFID tags on products is not just for inventory control, but to identify you by person market you accordingly, including, listen, adjusting prices based on your income and spending habits, track and time your every movement while you're at the store, and in some cases, videotape your path and behavior in response to the product displays, okay? Folks, it's all being used to get more of our cash from us. We're being monitored, tracked, and tacked, and watched with this technology at the stores, all trying to figure out how better they can market us to get us to buy their products, okay? Here's a video clip that proves that in action. Let's take a look. Retailers are searching for better ways to gather and analyze data on customer behavior in their stores. Accenture Technology Labs has developed the visual tracking prototype to help retailers enhance store performance, employee productivity, and customer service. Visual tracking uses a non-intrusive camera-based system to monitor an environment and the people in it. It then brings this information online by creating a virtual copy of the real world. Now retailers can better analyze what is happening in their stores and make more competitive decisions. 
Here's a look at how this works in practice. As customers enter a retail store, cameras track their movements and, without identifying individuals, bring customers' actions into a 2D or 3D environment. Through camera image processing, we can see if a customer takes a CD off the shelf and then returns it, or how they react to an in-store promotion. This information is captured in the database, so that visual tracking can later analyze customer statistics from a specific area of the store and even combine it with information about product movement gathered through RFID tags to gain insight into the behavior of a single shopper or group of shoppers. Accenture visual tracking can help retailers better understand customer traffic patterns, how store layouts can be improved to drive sales, how in-store advertising affects purchasing behavior, and how much time employees are spending with customers. This insight could be useful for retailers as well as product manufacturers. Folks, as you can see, they're not just uh, leaving the tags on, but they're using them uh, to monitor us while we're in the store. To, to develop uh, a patterns of behavior of you and I, to see how their advertising is working. Folks, this is, this is tracking us and tagging us like a bunch of bears. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But this is really what they're doing. But let's move on. So again, it doesn't appear to me when you take a look at the facts that the industry is interested in respecting our privacy. It appears they're more interested in ripping us off of more of our money. Okay, but that's still wrong. Some RFID tags have what's called a dormant state that can be set to appear as if they've been deactivated only to be reactivated at a later time. And finally, even if the tag really was killed, so to speak, the deactivation does nothing to the unique individual serial number on each of the tags. And this number can not only be linked with the product, it can be still combined with the database information so as to link it back to the purchaser of the product. And by the way, the unique serial number that does not get terminated can still be read up from five feet away. Okay, but I'm not the only one, folks, who thinks the industry will either leave the RFID tags on and or figure a way around this consumer scare. The plans to do so are indicated by their own words. For instance, MIT's Auto ID Center said this, quote, theft will drastically be reduced because items will report when they are stolen. Their smart tags also serving as a, listen, homing device toward their exact location. Now, wait a second. How could they do that unless the tags were somehow still readable? Also, IBM Patent, uh, this number states, it is desirable to continue utilizing the RFID tag as a data transponder without destroying the tag or deleting its data memory after an item containing the tag has been purchased at the point of sale. So when you listen to their own quotes, folks, they clearly have plans to what? to leave the tags on, okay? They're gonna leave them on because they have big plans to use them, not just for inventory purposes, it's for tracking purposes, to monitor our behavior, our buying habits, and they're going to uh, do all kinds of things to us that we'll see in just a little bit. But that's not all. The next lame excuse we have is they actually have the audacity to say this, RFID, the promoters of RFID, we can trust them. Okay, it, it, this is unbelievable, folks, that they actually would say this after what we've seen just far. They, they actually say, you can trust us. We're, we're just using RFID to better serve you, the customer, and, and we only have your best interests at heart. Well, first of all, there's already been several unreliable occurrences with RFID tags, making them very untrustworthy. For instance, it's already been demonstrated 
that errors can be made with RFID tags and the readers reading them. For instance, NCR Corporation has run RFID automated checkout pilots for supermarket scenarios in which shopping carts pass by an RFID reader to tally goods inside. And what they found out was that without due care, listen, a shopper could actually end up paying for some of the groceries of the person behind them. Now, stop and think about that for a second. First of all, have all the items tagged. Yeah, it's convenient. You can whip through that line, but it's also interconnected so you can also make a financial transaction automatically as well with the same technology. Again, you're envisioning and seeing scenarios being put into play today in order to buy and sell. You have to have this marking system, RFID, in order to buy and sell. But let's continue on. Not only is this RFID system 100% not trustworthy, but apparently neither are the corporations implementing it. For instance, this dishonest behavior in using RFID technology was recently demonstrated by the Gillette Corporation. In its RFID pilot program, they conducted what was called a smart shelf test in a supermarket in England. And believe it or not, they automatically and secretly photographed shoppers taking RFID tagged Gillette razors off the shelf to see if it could be used to deter shoplifting. Also, in another study uncovered by the Chicago Times, shelves in a Walmart store in Oklahoma were equipped with readers to not only track uh, lipstick containers that were stacked on, but they then watched the shoppers in action using webcams on the shelves and viewed their behavior as well. From 750 miles away by Procter & Gamble researchers back in Ohio, just so they can tell when the lipsticks were removed from the shelves. Oh, by the way, they did this over a four-month period and they didn't say anything. And we're supposed to be able to trust these guys? I don't think so. But it gets worse than that. As if that wasn't bad enough, a group of privacy advocates were invited to a Metro Future store. This is over in Germany, where an RFID pilot project was being implemented. And they accidentally discovered that the Metro Payback customer loyalty card had RFID tags with the customer's IDs in them totally unknown to the customer. And this happened despite assurances by Metro that no customer identification data was being tracked and and, and that all RFID usage was clearly disclosed. But basically got caught uh, in action, lying right there. Uh, And speaking of dishonesty, the industry is not only being sneaky with its public experiments with RFID, but apparently they're being just as sneaky and putting a public spin on the definition of RFID. For instance, after an early consumer poll was taken by the industry about using RFID, the biggest uh, concern from consumers uh, was the fear that they'd be uh, tracked with RFID through their clothing, spied on by corporations and governments, and taken advantage by thieves. So the industry leaders came up with a new tactic, and here's actually what they said. Listen, Discussing any benefits or using rational argument is largely ineffective and is perceived as spin. Once consumers are concerned, they remain concerned no matter what we tell them. So they actually determined to combat this consumer concern with this reply. Listen, the best communication strategy appears to be positioning the technology simply uh, as an improved barcode when they know full well it's not as we've already seen. Folks, in other words, what they're basically saying, let's lie to them. Tell them there's nothing to worry about. And we're, we're supposed to trust you guys? 
I don't think so, okay? But let's continue on. In fact, this controversial, dishonest behavior of the corporations using the tracking abilities of RFID became even more fueled when a public relations document was accidentally exposed called the Auto ID Consortium Public Relations Campaign, which stated that it was designed to, quote, neutralize the opposition and said how corporations would get consumers to, quote, resign themselves to the inevitability of it while merely pretending to address our privacy concerns. And yet we're supposed to trust these guys again and, and they just have our best interests at heart. There's nothing to fear. Uh, people are being alarmist, uh, alarmist making this uh, blown it out of proportion. I don't think so, folks. It's another lame excuse, but that's not all. The sixth lame excuse is they say, hey, listen, don't worry. We got no tracking plans. Uh, people are just making this up. Well, folks, that's a bunch of baloney's we're going to see in just a second, okay? As if the shady and dishonest behavior of the corporations and entities using RFID to track and monitor people wasn't bad enough. No amount of media spin could hide their true intentions as is seen in the RFID patents they've already filed. For instance, Bank of America has a patent now for what's called the System and Method for Interactive Advertising combined with a crowd identification device. And it's designed to scan RFID tags on the things that people are wearing and carrying in order to pinpoint and identify them. Believe it or not, this patent goes on to describe a system very much like the one in the movie Minority Report, in which people who come near a kiosk or other advertising venues are immediately recognized by the RFID tags that they're wearing or carrying in things like key fobs or cards or their clothes, uh, just wherever RFID tags are. The system then captures video images of the consumers near the display uh, records their physical characteristics, uh, their physical appearance, their face, their iris, their retinal characteristics to be processed by the crowd evaluation device. So why would they want a device to do that? Well, folks, believe it or not, it's to get you and I to give them even more of our money. Believe it or not, the whole stated purpose of this patent is to personally identify you so they can bombard you with personal ads targeted to your personal interests preferences or demographic wherever you go just like in the movie minority report here's what they said quote there is a need for a public advertising and announcement device that has the ability to identify specific individuals or groups of individuals who come into contact with the device the ability to collect gather and use personal information about those individuals or groups to select and present more interesting targeted ads and announcements so they admit it right there. And even Procter & Gamble came out with the, quote, systems and methods for tracking consumers in a store environment. How much more blunt do you need to get uh, than that? Okay, they're going to track you wherever you go. But let's continue on. It says this, uh, this thing is designed to have RFID readers placed in store ceilings, floors, shelving, and displays reading RFID tags on both carts and individual items. Then the system would measure where a shopper travels in the store for how long, what he or she picks up, and whether a purchase uh, is resulting. In fact, they squarely admit this goal when they said that this device will enable them to get a detailed analysis of what consumers experience in stores, where they go, how long they stay there, and what influences the paths they choose. Why? to bilk you out of even more of your cash. They state, quote, actual tracking of consumers. Well, wait, wait a second, right there. Remember they said, we have no plans to track you. Even in their own documents, they say, we're going to track you. These people cannot be trusted. 
But let's continue on. It says this actual tracking of consumers in store environment generates much more substantial information that can be used to effectively direct consumers to higher profit margin items. Okay? Can I translate that for you? So that you'll go spend more of your money on the big ticket items, i.e. to get more of your cash. But that's not all. Uh, NCR, they also have another one out there. It's called the Automated Monitoring of Activity of Shoppers in Market, uh, where the plan is to watch a shopper's every move in the store aisle, recording their activities on a moment-by-moment basis, and making a record of everything they do, listen, down to the split second. And this is accomplished by having RFID tags on every item in the store and reader devices, quote, hidden in every shelf and every shopping cart. So when a customer takes an item from a shelf, the system precisely times how many seconds the shopper holds the item before putting it back or put it into the shopping cart. And based on the item characteristics, several inferences can be made. For instance, if a shopper places an expensive item in the cart, then the system could suggest an expensive item to go along with it. Or, if a customer puts a cake mix into the cart, then the system could assume, hey, they need eggs, and suggest accordingly. Then there's IBN's patent for a person tracking unit that scans the RFID tags on unwitting members of the public, listen, as they move through retail stores, airports, train stations, elevators, libraries, theaters, even in public Uh, restrooms. Listen to them for yourself. Quote, when a person carrying or wearing items have an RFID tags, enters the store or other designated area, an RFID tag scanner located therein scans the RFID tags on that person and reads the RFID tag information. So, So stop right there. How could they do that if they really turn the tags off? All this is designed to keep these things on no matter what they say. You can't trust them. They're really going to use them to track us, folks. But let's continue on. It says the RFID tag information collected from the person is correlated with transaction records. Well, stop right there. What's correlated with transaction records? Again, notice the pattern here. This technology allows them to have the ability to store information on you and I to track us wherever we go, but it's also linked with financial information and the ability to make purchases to buy and sell. But let's continue on. It says, stored in a database, the transaction records stored in a database based on the results, the exact identity of the person and certain characteristics about the person can be determined. This information is used to monitor the movement of the person through the store or other areas, which means that somebody armed with this device really has the ability to not only track people, but coupled with an informational database, they could even identify a person's age, race, gender, and income bracket. Why? Here it is, to better market you to get more of your money. They actually go on to say this, quote, the person tracking unit may assign a tracking number to each identified person. And once the movement of the person can be monitored based on the RFID tags carried on the person, the tracking information can be used in a number of different ways. For example, it can be used to provide advertising to a person as the person roams or even more specific tag uh, targeted advertising based on the person's income bracket and that this income bracket could additionally be inferred if items carried on the person are highly expensive name brands like a Rolex watch which could then be used to uh, provide targeted advertising and that wasn't bad enough folks they even go on to say as scary as this is that the government 
could use this device to track, quote, suspicious people in public places using RFID tags in the things people are wearing and carrying. Again, how could you do that if you really turned the tags off and there was no way to hack into them? It's all a pack of lies. But continue on. And so as you can see, folks, with this device, somebody really does intend to track our every move through RFID tags. Okay. And speaking of targeting the rich, IBM even has plans to cater to the rich. Listen to this. IBM has a tracking system called Margaret, and it's named after the developer's wealthy mother-in-law that uses RFID readers in doorways to identify people as they enter banks and other financial institutions. They then pick out the wealthy clients in order to give them preferential treatment. Here's their actual words. An RFID tag fitted into the customer's bank card or passbook could be used to signal their arrival at the branch. As they pass through the doors, the card would alert the customer information system. Bank staff could personally greet high net wealth customers or customers could be greeted by name by tellers who already have their account information on screen when they arrive at the counter. So you and I who don't make the big income, we get the bad service. Not making this up, folks. This is actually contained in their patent. Let's continue on. It's even been suggested that a type of doorway reader could also be used in, quote, upscale restaurants or retail boutiques where a high degree of personal service is important. And for those of you having a hard time believing this, folks, here's one of their actual videos showing a new RFID monitoring application called the Personal Awareness Assistant. Check this one out. The evolution of the computer from mainframe to desktop to handheld was inevitable. Accenture believes that the next step is wearable computers that incorporate a personal awareness assistant. This assistant will save still images and audio segments of a conversation upon hearing a verbal prompt. When someone introduces themselves, their face and name is captured and logged in a database. This information, along with date, time, and location, can then be retrieved at any time in the future. Hi, I'm Owen Richter. Hi, I'm Dana Lee. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Accenture sees the revolution that this will bring to retail shopping. Say you see a book you like. You might say, hmm, that's an interesting book. And that comment is recorded and stored. Your personal awareness assistant can buy it right then and there through online sources. Or, since it has global positioning capabilities, the next time you pass by a bookstore, it can remind you to make that purchase. This prototype allows retailers to provide point-of-need selling when consumers have the intent to buy. At Accenture, we also envision businesses will use this to form a collective intelligence about a particular subject and may even be used for personal safety or energy. Wow. So much for uh, being able to trust these guys. And don't worry, they have no plans on tracking us or using this. Somebody just spent a lot of money uh, paying for that video to be made to promote the actual thing. Folks, this is crazy. This is really what's going on. Okay, They might say one thing in the public to try to qualm our fears, but we're being lied to. Okay, But as you can clearly see, folks, the industry is really planning on using RFID technology not just to track us, but to even get more cash from us. Okay, It's a lame excuse. But that's all. The seventh one that we're going to look at is the excuse they come up with is they say promoters have never said such a thing. Okay? Folks, this is crazy, okay? Believe it or not, folks, not only do these corporations' true tracking intentions get revealed in their patent applications that we just saw, but it's even more 
revealing in their personal quotations. Here's just a few of them. Check this out. For instance, the Audio ID Center a promotional brochure called The Power to Change the World actually said this, It's hard to imagine that a tiny microchip attached to an antenna heralds such an enormous change. Uh, Paul Sappho, research director of the Institute for the Future, he said this, At the end of the day, listen, we're going to uh, feel like tagged bears, but we'll find ways to conceal our location. Well, that's nice. Uh, a marketer for the Auto ID Center meeting uh, said this, Won't it be great? When we know every time the consumer takes the lid off the toothpaste in their own bathroom, ah, excuse me, it gets even worse. Helen Deuce of the Auto ID Center said, The Auto ID Center has a clear vision to create a world where every object from jumbo jets to sewing needles is linked to the internet. Compelling as this vision is, it is only achievable if the center system is adopted by everyone everywhere success will be nothing less than global adoption admits herself right there uh, a, a european union working document on rfid actually stated this the ability to serotypically collect a variety of data all related to the same person track individuals as listen they walk in public places like airports train stations stores etc enhance profiles through the monitoring of consumer behavior in stores read the details of clothes and accessories worn and medicines carried by customers as well. They're all examples of uses of RFID technology that gives rise to privacy concerns. I'd say so uh, just a little bit. Mark Roberti from the Auto Identity ID Center. He said this, the Auto ID Center's vision of the world uh, is a world in which low-cost RFID tags are put on every manufactured item and tracked using a single global network as they move from one company to another, one country to another, if you can believe that. He says, indeed, we envision individual items, cans of Coke, pairs of jeans, and car tires being tracked from the moment they are made until the time they are recycled. That is absolutely amazing, but that's exactly what they're planning on doing. And IBM Patton, a giant number there, says, The widespread use of RFID tags on merchandise, uh, such as clothing, would make it possible for locations, listen, locations of people, animals, and objects to be tracked on a global scale. They admit it right there. And of course, listen to what he says, A privacy invasion of Orwellian proportions. I'd say so. But it continues on. Steve Halliday of AIM Global, he said, if I, if I talk to companies and ask them if they want to replace the barcode with these tags, the answer can be anything but yes. It's like giving them, listen, the opportunity to rule the world. Helen Deuce of the Auto ID Center, she said, in the case of the EPC network, there are currently no, listen, no benefits for the consumers by which to balance even the mildest negative. The lack of clear benefits to the consumers could present a problem in the real world. You think? Okay. Scott Silverman, uh, he said this, The same scanner, listen, the same scanner in a Walmart that is used to barcode your goods can be used to identify you. He admits it right there. Kevin Ashton, the director of Auto ID Center, he said people might balk at the thought of police using RFID to scan the contents of a car's trunk without needing to open it. What? He says, and then in another statement, he said, in order for RFID to be accepted into society, that, quote, we will have to die. Our generation will never fully embrace a world where uh, everything can be tagged and tracked. It's just too new. But, 
the next generation will. Excuse me? Oh, and speaking of Kevin Ashton, uh, let's watch again how this desire to track the whole world really is the stated goal of these people, even as unbelievable as it sounds. Let's take a look. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple. We want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object anywhere automatically to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. Folks, what did he just say? They're going to be able to track with this technology, RFID, anything, anywhere, anytime around the world. And yet we can trust these guys and they actually have the audacity to say we never said such a thing when you just saw it out of his mouth on video. Folks, I'm telling you, we're being lied to. But that's not all. Uh, as um, unbelievable as that was, folks, there's even more. Scott McNeely, he's the CEO of Sun Microsystems, said, quote, listen to this. They're going to slap that baby's bottom, then slip an ID chip in their neck or between their shoulders so you can keep track of your kid. And it's precisely because these corporations and companies are so serious about these claims that many privacy advocates have said this. Check this out. Charlie Smith, he said this, if you let them, companies will, uh, like Gillette, will monitor personal use of their products in your own home. Listen to this, throw one of their razors in the trash, listen, and another one would be on its way. Well, how would you know that? Unless, of course, you had that actual ability even in the home. The Guardian says this, the RFID tags can still work long after the product has been bought. If the tags become as ubiquitous as the manufacturers would like, people could be bristling with the chips in clothes and possessions, and anyone, listen, anyone, not just police, anyone from police to potential thieves could work out exactly what they carry. Okay, and it continues on. The Food Production uh, Daily, they warned, a major concern is that the RFID chip could result in every product on Earth having its own unique ID. The use of unique ID numbers could lead to the creation of a global item registration system in which every physical object is identified and linked to its purchaser or owner at the point of sale or transfer. And remember, the Bible talked about the mark of the beast or the number of his name. There's going to be a numbering system. The Privacy Bulletin says this, After a relatively short period of tracking uh, a vehicle, it may be possible to predict when someone is, listen, not at home, where they work, uh, uh, spend leisure uh, time, uh, if they go to church services or not, where they shop, what schools their children attend, where friends and associates live, whether they have been to see a doctor, and whether they attend political rallies. You know, in other words, if you're a resistor. And finally, a researcher, Catherine Albright, she says, what motivates me is an absolute resistance against the idea that we would all just be reduced to being numbers and being tracked and taxed like cattle. When I see RFID and I think about the world in which the powers that be, be they corporate or government, can essentially watch, surveil, track, manipulate, and control the people, that's what motivates me. A desire to see that not happen to my generation, to my children, to my grandchildren. Listen to this. Here's her warning. History is going to judge us based on how we respond to this threat now. And folks, if these corporations really aren't planning on marketing this global tracking of items, animals, and even people and making it a reality, 
And if these various privacy advocates are just blowing things out of proportion like they want to try to tell us, then why is there right now, folks, uh, why is there right now state lawmakers writing bills addressing privacy concerns and in some cases uh, proposing the outline of RFID technology being used on monitoring citizens? And why do some of these bills even make it a felony, listen, to implant human beings with a spy chip without their consent? And why in the world would Senator Deborah Bowen say, quote, how would you like it if, for instance, one day you realize your underwear was reporting your whereabouts? Now, folks, maybe it's just me personally. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want my underwear uh, reporting my whereabouts, okay? Uh, and I'm sure uh, you would say the same thing as well, okay? But as you, cl- as you saw, this is not some wacky conspiracy theory. These excuses that the industry is using to calm our fears, okay, they're not just lame, again, with all due respect. But when you look at the facts, folks, they're obviously chocked full of lies. They're being completely dishonest with us, okay? No need to fear, no need to be afraid. Privacy advocates are just blowing this out of proportion. I don't think so. They clearly, as you just saw, you just heard, they clearly have plans to use RFID to monitor and control not just products, but people. That is a huge concern that you and I should have regarding this technology. Why? Because again, the Bible says this is the first step in the implementation of the actual Mark of the Beast type technology. And this, of course, leads us to now the third concern that I have with RFID, and that is the dangerous deployment of it. Believe it or not, folks, it's already being put into place. It's not coming. It's already here, whether you realize it or not. But we'll get to that in the next video. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, Let's take a a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, The Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal, okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, We've already said we're a bunch of liars, okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, It could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, That means that we're a thief, okay? 
The Bible says that God is so holy, even His name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind, he knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn, we, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it, and a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place, that's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail, and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. 
And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask Him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in His work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.